everyone, it's Samilla from Menswear by a Woman podcast. Welcome to another episode. I hope you're all doing very well. Today's guest, right, I am so excited, well, as I'm always excited, but this particular guest, I am very excited about him coming on board. It's, um, it's a very well-known, what shall I say, textile fabric that we've all seen it, um, especially in jazz. It, uh, well, the company's called Original Madras Trading Company. And I'm going to be talking to the founder. Well, he is the grandson and the son of the founders. His name is Prashant Shah. Prashant, welcome to Menswear Buyer Woman Podcast. It is amazing to have you on board. Thank you for the kind words, and it's it's exciting to be here. I think um, I've been reading the story about how your father and your grandfather started the business, about keeping mm-hmm. the Madras check going. It is fascinating story absolutely i mean you know madras has been around for so long yeah and we've been so lucky as a family to be a part of the history of that fabric um today and for the last 50 years that we've been around wow it's um it, it could you take me back how it all started with sure. your grandfather absolutely. and then your father please because i'm gladly mm-hmm. because i've read about so it my grandfather I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you no, off no. there. And so <laughs> right. my my grandfather started the company exactly 50 years ago, actually, in the early 70s. Wow. And when he started in Madras, as it was then called in India, now called Chennai, yeah. all we made were Madras textiles, predominantly for the American market. And so we were weaving up Madras cloth and we were stitching Madras garments, predominantly your classic preppy ivy button-down shirts, uh, cam collar shirts, and exporting them to sort of big brands in the United States, from Ralph Lauren to J. Crew to a bunch mm. of names in American sportswear. And as the business grew and started to do better, we became a sort of typical Indian garment manufacturing facilities. So we mm. were making Madras for a lot of the big brands that you think of when you think about Madras from the 70s, and the 80s. And so as I sort of love to say, we were the brand behind the brands. And as the family business started to do better, we diversified. And it wasn't just Madras checks, but we were making an entire range of woven garments as well as fabrics for some of the biggest brands in American retail. And that has very much been the core business for the last 50 years and continues to be. In fact, as the family-run business, we still continue to produce for a lot of American brands. And the story with Madras specifically, as few people today know, uh, Madras was traditionally hand-woven in Madras in India. And um, it was on a hand loom, and there were craftspeople all around the greater Madras area that would weave this cloth up. And unfortunately, over the last few decades, it has become a bit of a dying craft and there are very few people in Madras that are still able to hand weave it. And so for us, when we started this collection about three and a half to four years ago, um, the idea behind it was very much to revive the craft of hand weaving Madras in Madras. So it's a lot like, you know, you're only drinking champagne if it's from champagne. (laughs) Uh, You're only wearing Madras, we believe, if it's from Madras, but more importantly, hand-woven in Madras. And so that's sort of the story behind both the family company and the brand as it stands today. 
So what's with the Madras check, right? How long does it take mm -hmm. from like because it's all hand woven? Is it still the sure. hand, uh, is it still the process of um, what it was in the seventies? Are, are you still doing the same? Absolutely. Kind of Right. Wow. Yeah, very much so. And so uh, to give you a comparison, one of our master weavers, it takes them two to three hours to weave a meter of fabric. And that depends on the complexity of the pattern, um, whereas a machine loom is able to weave that up in about 10 minutes. And so it truly is slow fashion at its core. You know, we don't use any electricity. These are old wooden hand looms that we're sort of putting back together and reviving wow. the craft with but it does in fact take as long as it always has taken to weave because it's completely manual the entire process so even with the dyeing of the yarns and everything is that all hand dyed or how does that work yeah from scratch essentially and so everything we source as well is from within the madras region now chennai yeah. and the state that we're based in yeah and so the yarns that we source um everything from the yarns all the way down to the finished garment with the trims is all sourced locally. And um, not every process, however, today is done by hand. Right. And so for the, for the dyeing, for example, um, we do work with certain dyes that are color fast, as it's called, so that they don't bleed. Obviously, Madras had its uh, moment in history with the whole bleeding Madras. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of people yeah. don't know this, but that was really... A mistake uh, yeah, turned know. into a marketing play, and in reality, the dyes that were used for bleeding madras yeah. were chemically un unfriendly azo dyes, oh. as they're called. And so we want to, you know, we don't want to be as environmentally impactful, and so we don't work with those dyes as much. And so, in fact, with our latest collection, we've just started. Um, working with natural dye indigo organic yarns as well. And that's the closest you'll sort of get to a bleeding madras. Yeah, the story about the bleeding madras is a fascinating story, sure. isn't it? Very much so. Absolutely, yeah. And but in it, many ways, if it didn't happen, you know, I don't think madras would have <laughs> exactly. the history and the reach that it has today. So while it had uh, a negative impact in some ways, which people don't talk about today, no. I think it also had a of impact in keeping the crafts and the appreciation for the fabric alive. Was it difficult for your grandfather um, when he started it mm -hmm. in making all these brands, you know, going to New York, you know, sure. um, uh, you know, showing them the fabrics and telling and convincing mm -hmm. them because of, right. of the nature of the business with the bleeding uh, Madras checks with the Brooks Brothers, sure. J. Crew, you know, mm -hmm. all of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know the story of when I read it, I was like, Oh my God, they don't actually say sure. because they always talk about, um, you know, how Brooks Brothers got it um, and then J. Mm -hmm. Crew, but they don't, nobody talks about the original, how it all happened with, you know, the gen, what was his name? I forgot his name as well, sure. the captain mm -hmm. who, who yeah. had the fabric, you know, it was all about the, how the fabric was done and it was like mistake, it bleeded, and he actually told the buyer of the fabric um, that, you know, you can't use this. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. And customers started getting the shirts and started yeah. making returns and they were like, yeah. this is bleeding. You know, yeah, yeah, my yeah, white yeah. couch has turned blue. Yeah, exactly. And, and then they hired a great PR team. Yeah. And it all went uh, great. That. Yep. And they came up with this idea of bleeding Madras and it's guaranteed to bleed. 
And I think it's a wonderful sort of story and lesson in, in marketing. But, um, but to answer your earlier question, yeah. I, um, you know, obviously I sadly wasn't around <laughs> in the 70s when grandfather started out. But, you know, when we started out, we had one machine and uh, we, we had this little veranda that we started out of wow. that my grandfather started out of. And uh, originally my family is from the north of India and my grandfather migrated to the south because he saw this opportunity in weaving and garment production. And so he was in a new city. He didn't speak the language, as you probably know. Yeah. In India, every state has its own language and yeah. dialects within yeah. that as well. Yeah. And so it was very challenging for him. Um, but he had his family with him and his young son, my father, who was 18 at the time, um, started working under him as well. And together, um, they built a business with other partners and had uh, a great start. But it took them a long time to get to a position where business started to, to grow because there was obviously stereotypes of working with India yep. and clothing coming out of India and so forth. How, how is it now? Um in the sense of... Um, I find that brands are a lot more open uh, to work with India today. Yep. And in fact, I think there has been a much more positive reputation towards working with India. I still think we have ways to go when you think about the end consumer. Yeah. But when I look at people at the industry, buyers that we sell to, stores around the world, yep. from Japan to Paris to New York, I find that people are a lot more open and understand... Oh the history of textiles from yeah. India. And I always yeah. tell my customers, both for the brand and for our factory, I encourage them to visit us in India. And I always tell people, you can't be in the industry of fashion and not understand the history of textiles Absolutely. from India. And Absolutely. so I think there's more of an understanding and appreciation for it, but there's a long ways to go at the same time. And I'm hoping we can do our little bit with our project in changing that dialogue. Because of fast fashion, I presume. Mm -hmm. Is it because of the fast absolutely. fashion? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say with fast fashion and just generally as an emerging market, I don't think India always had a positive reputation. It was looked at as cheap labor and, yeah. um, you know, a place where you can get cheap garments made. And I think that that is now slowly changing, uh, especially when you look at the crafts we have in India. There are a lot of fantastic brands that are coming out of India, a few of whom you've interviewed yourself. Yeah. And I think people are finally starting to appreciate that, you know, the hand weaving we're doing, for example, with Madras yeah. or the block printing that you that comes out of Rajasthan. There's just yeah. a lot of Amazing. beautiful craft yeah. that comes out of here. Is the craftsmanship in, in India like with, um, you know, like um, printing and uh, what you're doing, as you're saying, it's, it's kind of dying out a little bit. Is that... A, is Unfortunately, it, it is. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Is, is it, I mean, is that the next generation, are they just not into it at all? I mean, how do you get, get it keep mm -hmm. going kind of thing? That's a great question. I think I'm working on figuring out what that answer is, uh, because in many ways, to talk about our company, specifically Original Madras, yeah. a lot of what we're doing and selling and designing is yeah. curated for the Western market. Because yeah. if you look at the history of Madras in men's fashion, yeah. it is very ivy and very preppy yeah. and very classical. And yeah. so the way Madras is worn in Madras here in India is as, as a sarong and we locally call it a lungi. Yeah. And so, Absolutely you know, our, our main market 
is predominantly North America, followed by the Far East and Japan and Korea. And as I think you've seen in a lot of other emerging countries, there's been a huge Western influence in a country like ours. And so over the last 20 years, people have wanted to shop Western brands. And it's a sign of uh, wealth and a sign of doing well uh, to buy and shop and wear Western clothing. And I think we're going to see that change over time, especially as you're starting to see Western brands and Western companies buy into Indian craftsmanship and Indian brands. So I think it's a work in progress, but I definitely think um, the Indian consumer realizes uh, what wonderful variety of clothing and textiles we have access to uh, in India itself. So in India at the moment with Madra, uh, with your brand, is it, mm-hmm. is it, you know, do people appreciate it? Because, you know, in the West, we appreciate it more, I think. Sure. We, have, we have garments that are coming from India, like embroidery, um, only because I have relatives in India and I've seen them wearing sure. Western clothes. There's, there's like, you know, Western brands. They're very into mm-hmm. Zara's and all that stuff, you know. But when I go sure. over there, I look at like embroidery, like traditional mm-hmm. clothing, like embroidery work, you know, weaved um, fabric that's actually been weaved. I feel like my cousins just like look at me thinking, no, why do you want to get this stuff? <laughs> you know, sure. like, right. they, don't, uh, they don't get it. It's like because they see it all the absolutely. time and they're like, don't you want sure. to go to Zara's? Don't you want to go to these shopping malls? It's like, no, I don't. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, with us specifically, unfortunately, at this stage, we do not sell in India. Right. Um, however, we do have our own website that ships internationally. But we have had, you know, we're still a growing company and we're still relatively small in the grand scheme of things. But right. I've had occasionally people reach out on Instagram asking, where can we try your stuff on in India? Where can we buy this yeah. in India? And so absolutely down the road, I believe, um, there is a time in which we can sell this product in India. And that is very much something we want to do. We're very proud about the fact that it's from Madras and handwoven here. But like I said earlier, I think it's just, it's going to take time. I think India has a huge population. And given the rise of Western brands in the last 20 years here in the East, it's not going to happen overnight. But I am slowly seeing an appreciation with my peers and other millennials and things like that here in India. So I want to get onto the design side, right? Um, Sure. How do you, one thing that I I think all of your checks are beautiful, right? But how do you get to a point where you put all the colors together? Like who designs all of the the actual textiles and how do you put the colors together that looks, you know, comes up with the most Mm -hmm. amazing looking cloth? Absolutely. So it all starts with the yarns actually. And, you know, unlike, a lot of brands today, which is all machine loomed, where designers yeah. reach out to their vendors in India or yeah. Portugal or China and say, this is something I like and I want to replicate this and change the colors and so forth. We actually have to start with the yarns itself. And so we have a great designer, uh, design director, I must say, yeah. uh, Nicholas, who works with us here in Madras. He's based mm-hmm. in Madrid and has a lot of experience and is a fantastic designer and we're very lucky to have him work with us and be a core part of our team. And he in fact works closely with our weavers and with our team of designers in house to come up with yarn colors every season. Mm 
Mm. And then based on the yarn colors that we decide upon, we then cat up different patterns. And we also have an archive that goes back 50 years of uh, all the fabrics and garments that we've ever made. And so that gives us tons of inspiration uh, to play with those colors and play with those patterns. But it all boils down to the yarns, because as you can imagine, there's a lot of colors out there and we cannot possibly dye every single no. color. And so we really try and limit the colors that we use um, so that it's more environmentally friendly. And then within that, we're able to come up with these lovely designs. And so that's really how the process works now. And then we decide on the bodies and things like that after the actual fabrics come out of the hand loom. And because it's hand woven, you know, there's always going to be a so certain aspect of an irregularity to the garments. It's not going to be the perfect check every single time. And so we really need to wait and watch how the fabric comes out of the hand loom to then decide which style it would be most appropriate for as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so, you know, with, um, with the design side, right, um, with mm -hmm. the whole culture of Ivy League and jazz involved in Madras, mm -hmm. is that still... Sure. Does that nowadays, would that still play a part of it? Because, you know, Ivy comes and goes. How does sure. Madras Czech get involved in such a way that, you know, it's seen as every time you think of Madras Czech, I actually think of jazz players and Ivy. Sure. Fair enough. <laughs> you know? I love to hear that. But it's interesting what, because <laughs> I feel a lot of people resonate with Madras and there's a bit of nostalgia towards it. Yeah. And absolutely, it does in many ways sit in that Ivy and that preppy world. And that world isn't going to go anywhere. But we truly believe that it can sit in many other pockets of the fashion world. You know, there's a huge appreciation for Madras fabric in the Japanese market. And we've seen that and we've seen that grow over the last couple of seasons that we've been working on this collection. Madras is always going to be worn in Madras here in India. And so I think there's different ways in which we can find Madras working in the fashion world as it is today, outside of just the preppy world or the jazz world that, that you resonate with. Yeah. And so one of the things that we've been working on slowly is collaborations. And so yeah, if you look that. at some of the collaborations yeah. we've had, they're not necessarily always with Ivy or preppy brands. And so I think that's given us the confidence and the belief that there is a place for Madras and there always is going to be. I mean, there's, there's cycles in fashion, but Madras has always been relevant in some way, shape or form over the last 400 years, you know. The other thing I want to ask you, you've got a lot of collaboration that you're doing at the moment, yeah? And mm -hmm. um, yep. can you talk to us a bit about the collaborations, who you've got them with, or is that is that a Absolutely. Secret? I'm happy to. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I, I must say, I don't think we have a lot, but it, it is exciting, definitely. Right. Okay. And they've, they've all been small in a sense, and I think that's been on purpose because there's only so much we can weave on the hand looms to make it happen in yeah. time to make both parties happy. But having said that, uh, the first one that we worked on with uh, was with Matt Vranek at the yeah. WM Brown, yeah. who I believe you had on the pod yeah. podcast as well. Yeah. And Matt and I were introduced in New York and I was able to convince him very easily to check out our archive, being a nerd 
of the fashion industry. Um, soon as he got into our archive, we yeah. have this fantastic 900 square foot room with floor to ceiling fabrics of wow. all of the fabrics that we've ever made uh, in Manhattan. And it truly is a bit of a hidden gem that we have oh my God. in what's left of the garment district in Manhattan. Yes. And so soon as Matt got in there, one of the first swatches he saw was a pair of shorts that his father owned. And um, he was convinced that he'd had the exact same pair. And sure enough, a few days after our meeting, when he got home, after his travels, turned out we were talking about the same check. And so he spent a couple of hours in the archive with me. And I really let him do his thing. And he picked out patterns that he liked that spoke to him. And we then worked with the design team in India. And going back to what I'd said earlier, you know, we're confined with the yarns that we worked with. Yeah. We were able to rebalance some of the patterns to Matt's approval. And together we came up with this fantastic collaboration, which Matt has very kindly written about in his spring summer issue from yeah. last year. Yeah. And the product, the capsule just went live a couple of weeks ago, both on Matt's website as well as ours, and also available at a couple of wholesalers, not just in North America, but in the UK and in Korea as well. And part of the capsule, which I'm very um, joyful that Matt was willing to add this style into the capsule, are the lungis that we make um, and wear locally in Madras. And so... That was very exciting, and we've found that people have really enjoyed it. They've enjoyed the range because we have a two-button classic ivy preppy jacket, but then on the other end, we have something like a lungi. And so it's really been great, um, and it's it's something that we're hoping to build on. And the other one that we're very excited about is with a fantastic brand in the south of the United States called Sid Mashburn. And Sid is just an industry legend for those that know him. I don't need to say any more. And Sid and I met at a trade show in the U.S. and got to talking. And he had a lot of nostalgia, a lot of history with Madras. And as a brand, they have always offered Madras. But once he heard our story and the way we're reviving this craft, he was very taken by it. And we were then able to come together and Sid picked out four patterns that he really liked. And we now have four shirts that are available exclusively on the Sid Mashburn website and in some of their stores in North America as well. And there's a couple more in the pipeline, but I wouldn't want to take up all your time. But what's really been exciting about these collaborations is it's a great way for us to get the name and more importantly, the history and the story yeah. of what it is that we're trying to do. Absolutely. And like I said earlier, when we spoke, this is how we reach sort of different worlds. And so it's been really exciting and we're hoping to do a few more as we grow the brand and as we grow the team of weavers that we have as well. It's really weird because, um, you know, a few years when I was in India uh, visiting relatives, mm-hmm. I saw this guy wearing mm-hmm. a madrasi lungi um checks yeah madrasi check lungi sure with a fred perry uh-huh. polish shirt uh-huh <laughs> and he looked that's fantastic it was just such a cool look right fred perry absolutely fred perry polish shirt with the uh-huh. uh, madrasi check lungi he had flip-flops on i didn't my sure. battery on my phone died 
so I couldn't take a uh-huh. picture of him. Um, it just looks so cool, and you know, that's because, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's such a cool look, and you know how you was talking about it, and I've seen um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen lungies like my dad used to wear them at home, um, so mm-hmm. you know, and it's always fascinating with the madrasi checks, you know how it what absolutely how, you know, yeah. um, what made you want to mm-hmm. come into this industry. And carry on with the with your grandfather and sure. father brand. Um, you know how they carried on. Mm-hmm. What made you want to come in? Sure. So unlike a lot of people in the industry, um, you know, I didn't grow up wanting to be in fashion, but I <laughs> did, of course, grow up going to our family's factories in yeah. Madras in yeah. India, yeah. which is where I grew up and which is where I went to school. And so, in many ways, subconsciously, I was always in the industry, you know, and even as on summer vacations, when we would go to New York, we would be running around the archive as our parents were busy in meetings and my grandfather was busy in meetings. And so we've always grown up um, visiting the business, the offices, the factories and so forth. And then really for me, when I was in university in Boston, I was lucky enough to study uh, in Boston, I had taken a course on family businesses. And taking that course, uh, funnily enough, made me realize that I was very lucky and privileged to have a family business. Um, and it made me realize that it would be silly not to pursue that as yeah. a potential career choice for me. And so after a couple of internships and working for other people, I finally joined the family company at which point the brand did not exist. We still were, as we still are today, purely a garment manufacturer. Right, okay. And then my, my father and I, unlike the Indian stereotype of a difficult father, work very well together, and he's always open to ideas and um, is open to having things change. And so whenever we had time together, be it over the dinner table or be it when we were sharing lunch at the factory together, we would start talking about the idea of starting our own brand. And for for us, Madras is the reason we as a family and a business are where we are today. And it seemed almost silly to do something that wouldn't be linked to the city and the fabric and the craft that has given us so much. And so that's how we sort of came up with the idea. And that's how I got involved with the business and it's been it's been a great ride and there's no regrets no looking back and there's times we fight and there's times <laughs> we get along super well and it's it's all part of what i signed up for and your father's still involved in the yes yeah very much so right. so he's very much involved with the business today and he's my guide and my advisor and my mentor and sometimes wow. just my father um, <laughs> and it's the two of us right now and we have other businesses as a family as well and so he oversees those as well and and lets me do my thing what's the best part of um doing this brand what's what's your favorite part in from the, is sure. it the design side of it or is it creating mm-hmm. the fabric so yes. for I'll, I'll be selfish and talk from my perspective personally first, yeah. which is it's just been I, I love being around people, however generic that sounds <laughs> and being at trade shows in Florence and yeah. Paris in New York. Yeah. It's just been very fulfilling for me to see something that was just a conversation four years ago 
turn into a little business and one that I believe can still have a lot of opportunity to grow and to be able to sell at some of the best doors in the world from Bergdorf Goodman to Nordstrom's to Mr. Porter. It's been so fulfilling just to see it come full circle. And, you know, when we started off, we started out with two hand looms. We convinced two weavers to come work with us. And fast forward to today, we have over 30 weavers working with us within our own facility, which has been great because a lot of the hand weaving that happens in India today happens in people's homes, in villages, in co-ops. But there's very few people that actually have set up hand looms within their own facility and, you know, providing constant employment. That's been one of the main reasons that um, these crafts are dying in India. And so yeah. that's been the most fulfilling aspect of the brand for me so far to, to see the weaving community grow. And then eventually one of our goals with this brand is to be able to train the next generation yeah. of weavers and really revive the craft. And so we've now set up hand looms and we're getting people in who we're hoping to train going forward. In 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 the states, right in America, is there sure. are, are there is the art of weaving um, round as well, or have or is it something that you know? Because in London we've got weavers, there are courses for weaving. Sure. In America, is it the right. same thing, or is it not really? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know. I right, wouldn't okay. want to say something I'd re- I'd regret saying. To my knowledge, I know from a manufacturing perspective, yeah. it's become harder and harder to make in the right. USA. Okay. And part of the reason for that, I believe, is it's it's expensive because the fabrics are coming typically from Asia. Yeah. And so there are very few factories left in the United States um, that are able to manufacture. And so... I'm not sure about the weaving history. Um, I'll have to do some research myself. <laughs> and in uh, w- with the whole um, aspect of the brand and everything, would you be mm-hmm. doing any? W- is it something that you, you're so passionate about it? You have to be passionate about it. Otherwise, there's no point in doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, for me, I see you know, however silly it sounds. As a 30-year-old millennial, I see my grandchildren (laughs) working at the warehouse. And so uh, for me, I I see this is not something we're doing. It's not a passion project. While there is a lot of passion behind it for us as a family and as a business, it's something we truly want to sustain and grow over time. And so we're in no hurry. We don't want to make decisions uh, in the name of growth. We really want to take our time with it and um, give it its due justice, if that makes sense course and with the sustainability as well because you're mm-hmm. you know environmentally sure. it's friendly um yep. you know it's 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 got all the ticks at the moment right definitely mm-hmm. and of course that's something we want to work on you know yeah. we're not a hundred percent sustainable yeah. but i think inherently given the way the fabric is woven, you know, yeah. in, in some ways it already is very sustainable. And so that's why we're starting to work with organic indigo dyes. Yeah. Next season, we're going to start introducing vegetable dyes. And so wow. there's so much that we can do while we're confined to Madras checks and hand weaving within that world. There's so much that we can do as well. And so it's, it's very exciting and it's something where we're stoked uh, to grow. 
So with a natural dye in India, is that with the dyeing and everything in natural and plant dyeing, is it still mm -hmm. big in India, or because of the machines and you know how everything's changing in India so fast? Exactly. It's, it's yeah. So unfortunately, it isn't as big, and so that's been one of the challenges as to why we haven't really gone fully into vegetable dyes or organic right. indigo dyes is because it's not easily available to do. Yeah. And it's very expensive because of that. And one of the struggles or challenges, I should say, we face is, you know, when people see a made in India product, they expect a certain price point. Um, but to really be able to sell garments that are fabrics that are then vegetable dyed, we need a certain price point. And so that's why we're slowly introducing this into the market to see if it's a price that customers are willing to pay. Yeah. I believe they should yeah. um, for the product that they're getting, but that's part of a balancing act of business versus design and, and creativity. And the shirts and um, all the products are made in India or? Yes, very much so. So what makes uh, things extra easy for us, I shouldn't say the word easy, what makes things smoother for us is the fact that unlike many other brands, we are the weavers and we are the makers. And so everything yeah. is happening one under one facility. The hand looms yeah. are within the factory. They have their own atelier in which they're all being woven. And then it goes straight into QC, quality control. And then it's issued into the factory's production lines. And so it truly is Madras, handwoven in Madras, stitched in Madras and shipped from Madras. Wow. It sounds um, yeah. absolutely amazing because everything's under one roof yeah. and it makes it, in absolutely. a way, it makes it easier as well, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> We're not running around going from one facility to the next or airing product to three different facilities around the country, around the world. You know, there's a, there's a great sense of everything being done by the same team and accountability and a, a sort of pride taken in the work yeah, that we're doing absolutely. as well. Because, of course, the team here in India realizes that this is a craft and that we're reviving it and that we're growing it. And so everybody in the team, from the weaver to the tailors to myself to my father, we're all very proud of the work that we're doing. So for autumn and winter, Madras checks. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, have you That's a great <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask me about that. <laughs> so, please tell me. <laughs> sure, happily. Um, of course, you know, most people, when they think of Madras, they think of the summer and yep. they think of a lightweight shirt or yep. a pair of shorts or airy jacket, yep. uh, which is absolutely fair. Madras, where I'm, where I'm from and where I'm based today, as we have this call, I spend my time between New York and Madras, Madras is a very hot city. Yep. And that's why the fabric is so lightweight. It's very breathable. Um, and so what we've done for the winter is we've essentially taken a heavier yarn. Typically, a standard Madras shirt would be a 40s yarn count. Right. So we've taken a 20s yarn count. It's still handwoven. Anything we ever do under the line will be handwoven. And we have then brushed the fabric after it comes out of the hand loop. And we're calling it winter madras. And mm. we have found that it works really well. And it, it has the look and feel of a flannel, but it oh, isn't wow. a flannel because it's still very much hand loom. And we give it our own proprietary brushing here in madras. 
And uh, it's in the winter collection where we've really tried a lot of different fabrics on our hand looms. And so one of the hand looms that we've set up is actually a jacquard loom where the weaver is only able to weave a meter a day versus the three meters of a madras check. So the weaves are a lot more intricate and the fabrics are a lot more heavy. And so personally, I love our winter madras collection. And it's one of our challenges has been educating the customer that this is a product um, that exists, that's out there, and that Madras isn't just for the summer. And so that's part of what we're selling as well. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds, yes. it sounds um, now you've given Madras checks a total different line, a life as well, <laughs> from summer, Definitely. because it's so well known mm-hmm. in the summer that you always wanted yeah. to know, I wonder why they don't do it for autumn and winter. But it's amazing what you're doing. It sounds amazing, actually. Um, I can't wait to see it. I literally can't Thank wait to you. see I it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And you're welcome to Madras anytime. We encourage people to come check out our looms and, and check out the entire setup. So we'll be glad to have you when you visit India next. Oh, I can't wait, Prashant. Honestly, I want to go on a plane right now. You're, absolutely. I'll be at the airport with my Fred Perry polo and my Madras Lungi. And the flip-flops. Yes, absolutely. We can't forget the flip-flops. <laughs> Thank you so much, Prashant. It's been an absolute honour and amazing to have you on board. Um, I, I wish you all the best of luck with... Well, I don't have to because it's an amazing brand. Um, so I'm, I can't wait to see... The next collection, I think it's an absolutely amazing brand. Um, the story behind it, what you're doing now, how you have turned it around. Um, it's, it's just absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Please, people, go and check Thank it out. You. Check out Original Madras Trading Company. It is absolutely amazing what they're doing. Totally. Thank you so much. And the honor was mine. I'm glad we were able to do this. Thank you, Prashant. Thank you.